0: Hi everybody, this podcast is brought to you by your good friends at Mosaic. Mosaic is a cloud-based car wash membership technology dedicated to helping you create and keep more customers. Their game-changing software platform was built for every car wash owner from single unit operators to large car wash chains to petroleum companies. Mosaic will customize a private label mobile application with your brand, allowing your customers to buy their own memberships, along with single washes and any of their products that you might sell by incentivizing repeat purchases with a built-in loyalty customer platform. For more information on the cloud-based platform and to read real stories on how Mosaic has changed the game for operators both in the US and Canada, and to book a demonstration of this powerful technology, simply visit wearemosaic.ca. Again, that's wearemosaic.ca.
1: Welcome to the How of Carwashing, The podcast that helps the car wash owner operator and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment and now here are your hosts david begin and henry lopez
0: hello car wash nation this is david begin welcome to this episode of the how of car washing how's everybody doing out there today hope everybody's washing some cars we're starting to get into the winter months we're here in beautiful Colorado, and we've had our first major snowstorm, we actually had a snowstorm about two weeks ago, but now we had about eight to 10 inches of snow, so I'm looking out over a winter wonderland here right before Thanksgiving, which is interesting. Uh, but my guest has no stranger to winter, being from the Great White North of Canada. Matt McCullough, who's the one of the owners and CEO of Mosaic, uh, which is a point-of- sale. System focusing on the car wash industry. Matt, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, my pleasure, and I uh, really appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I was I was, uh, I was uh, talking to, to Rob Stevenson from SDI Conveyors yesterday. So we have a podcast with him. We start talking about you know he he designed some real rugged systems for the the winters in Canada. And there's a there was a joke I heard many years ago that said uh, you know. Canadians have 10 months of winter and two months of poor skiing. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. 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 But you guys hail from Hamilton, Ontario, which actually when we, we met uh, a couple months ago, I I actually uh, lived a whole year. My, my kindergarten year was lived in Hamilton. My grandparents are from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. So pretty familiar with that area and, uh, and love it.
1: Oh man, it was so amazing. We were chatting, uh, like, what are the chances uh, a smaller town? in yeah. Ontario Hamilton that that we have a connection there it just I thought it was awesome but yeah we yeah we love being in Hamilton it's a great city uh there's a big revitalization happening in the city right now and and a lot of really cool things happening and it, you know it, it kind of went through a bit of a tough time there for a while but uh the investment in the city and how it's been turned around is, is unbelievable so we're, yeah. we're so proud to be from there and, and it's a great place to to do business
0: it is. It is. It's really transforming. It was the steel town of Canada, I guess. It was the Pittsburgh yes. of Canada for many, many years. And my, my grandparents actually worked in the steel industry. They, they worked, uh, my grandfather worked at a spring factory there. And my grandmother worked at a company called American Can, which made cans um, back, back in the days when they made cans out of steel. So lots of, uh, lots of history there, which is cool. But it, it's exciting to hear that it's really transforming. Uh, yes now. it's
1: wonderful. It really is yeah. uh, you know, when you look around and you see what's happening it's it's really special.
0: yeah, yeah. so you guys are in the car wash business now with uh, you've kind of jumped into the point of sale pool, as I like to call it, in the car wash industry. So give us <laughs> yes. a little history about mosaic and you know how it got started and all those things.
1: yeah, absolutely. So when we first started out, you know we had this idea of building some software for the car wash industry, but at that point it was a it was a pretty kind of primitive idea of just, okay, what if we built a platform that a bunch of car washes could put their information on, so the general public uh, could download and at least see what your pricing were, what your hours, your packages. Um, so it was really an informational, very basic uh, platform. And so we we actually did a prototype of that and we built it and we started uploading some car washes. And as we started chatting with operators, asking them their uh, their feedback and getting some ideas on what they thought about it. We realized that pretty quickly, you know, they didn't really want their competition on the same platform. And on top of that, they they said, you know, it would be really cool if we could do a little bit more than just share information, but if you could brand this thing and and what if we could maybe do some payments? So we went back to the drawing board and said, okay, is there a way where we can private label this thing? Is there a way that we can incorporate payments? And And then you kind of, do some do some work, development work, and you go back to the operator. And say, okay, what do you think about this? And they say, okay, well, what about if we did a loyalty program? I think, yeah, loyalty. That of course that makes sense. So you start to build out some loyalty pieces, and then a huge part was we were sitting around going, okay, well, what if we could do activation? What if we could actually engage with the car wash equipment using your mobile phone? That would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another, and I mean. Fast forward to over the course of a couple of years and a lot of R&D and a ton of feedback and something really started to come together and we started to get some traction and operator uh, operators were really enjoying what we started to build there. So, yeah, it was kind of, uh, I mean, typical startup, right? A lot of pivots, a lot of ideas, a lot of feedback from, from the people that are using the product. And slowly over the course of three years, we, we got to where we are today.
0: Good. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I think you kind of identified some emerging trends there. You know, because a lot of us in the exterior express model, especially if we have pay stations, we've, we've been frustrated with really not understanding our customer and understanding their frequency and their buying habits and things like that. And plus, there seems to be, there's a little bit of friction in the process of developing a loyalty program in car washing and developing, you know, getting people to sign up for unlimited programs takes a lot of manual labor and effort. And so you guys were kind of kind of fell into the forefront of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We were we really our philosophy and what we were really trying to do is look at it from a bit of a different perspective, like trying not to be hung up on what is currently in existence, but thinking what is the absolute best scenario for the end user, regardless of what equipment is currently in place, and really trying to think about the end customer experience and then designing the technology to match instead of trying to fit Um, the customer experience into what's currently in place. So we, we tried to really spend some time thinking about things a bit differently so that we could create a really excellent customer experience.
0: Yeah, I think that's great because, you know, a lot of us have used point of sale systems back when they first got developed. I mean, the customer was not involved in the process at all, but now with the advent of smartphones and technology and unlimited programs, you know, you know, the customer is very, very integrated into what takes place electronically at the car wash so that that makes that makes a lot of sense um just general trends what are some of the trends that you're seeing from your customers that are currently using the platform
1: yeah so there's some interesting things i mean i think to call them trends in concrete i I tend to be a little bit careful there because we don't have years of data with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of uh of transactions but there's definitely some emerging trends that i find interesting Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, it appears as though people are less price sensitive when they're using a device, um, mobile phone to, to, to purchase. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Obviously, yeah, there's a psychological thing there I'm, I'm imagining. And I started to look at other apps, you know, like um, the Starbucks app and a few others. And I think there's, there's less friction, right? So in their minds, I'm imagining they're not handing over a card and they're not handing over cash. So it doesn't have that same feeling of... Um, you know, I'm actually paying for this in a way. It's like, I'm just clicking a button because their card is already loaded um, on the phone, right? So the sensitivity to price seems a little bit different. I'm also wondering if it's just the kind of profile of person who enjoys using their phone for things that they're maybe less price sensitive. Mm-hmm. So that's one for sure that we're we're starting to observe and, and monitor. I think an important thing, and as it relates to memberships, obviously is the lifetime value of a customer. So how long is that person keeping their membership? And what we're seeing, and again, these are still early days, but the people are definitely, once they're locked in, they seem to be more, um, they're like stuck on keeping it on their phone and actually engaging with it. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing I would say is the frequency of purchases. So the people that are doing individual washes, they seem to be using, like buying individual washes more frequently. So instead of stretching that out, like you might see someone buy four a year, You know, there's plenty of averages out there, but uh, what we're seeing is a lot more regular purchase happening on a more frequent level. So I'm not sure if that's, again, the profile of the person who cares about a cleaner car or if it's actually the loyalty program. And like we have um, just this like little bar on our app that fills up as you buy more car washes. So it's possible that visual cue as well as helping them. okay, um, I'm only two car washes away from my free car wash and it makes them want to buy another one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting that, uh, you know, you brought up a couple interesting points I didn't even thought of that maybe frictionless buying with things like Apple Pay or other digital technologies make it easier for me to buy. And maybe that makes me want to spend a little bit more money than if I had to pull out my credit card or pull out my cash.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you see that on platforms like Amazon, you can have something at your front door and in a day and you don't have to do anything. Everything's preloaded. You just push a button and it shows up. It's, it's a bit dangerous how easy it is. <laughs> so, it is. Yeah. It is. It,
0: it, and it's a lot less people are less price sensitive if they have to pay another 10 or $15 for an appliance. Boy, uh, it's a lot easier to order it online than run down to the, run down to the store and look for it and buy the best one, you know, or, or analyze it and then purchase it and bring it home.
1: Yeah. People, so, yeah. people are definitely willing to pay, Um, a certain premium and there's obviously some sensitivity there that you don't go too high, but there's a premium for convenience and a nice experience that people are willing, that it seems like people are willing to pay. I mean, it's for sure measurable in other industries. And and I think we're starting to see that in in car wash as well.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, Yeah. Interesting that you're a la carte. I call them a la carte customers. The ones that, uh, you know, come and purchase an individual wash as opposed to being a member or buying a book of washes, But uh, it's interesting, you might be finding some uh, area where, you know, when they have access to an app, there is a little bit of either they're loyal and they're using the app because they're loyal or the app makes them loyal. But, uh, you know, you're seeing an increase in the average number of washes per year from those folks.
1: Yeah, and I I think there's also something that, again, this is just a hypothesis on my end. It's hard to exactly prove, but I feel like. It's um, the decision to purchase a car wash can be very sporadic, but it's often someone thinking, I need to get a wash today. And when you're in their hand, uh, in their phone at that moment, I'm wondering if there's less gap for them to decide to go somewhere else. It's less likely that they're going to drive by a different car wash, see a promotion and potentially go there. It's like, oh, I have this app already. I'm going to get loyalty points. I might as well just buy it now. And whether they end up using it that day or they go back in a couple more days or whatever they end up doing, that purchase has happened and you've engaged with that customer. So it's possible that that has, has an influence over it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I mean, I get signed up for all types of loyalty programs that I don't necessarily care about. Right. <laughs> if, if, if I get it on my phone and I use it and I use it for purchasing, you know, you've made it easier for me to interact with you as a business. So That, that probably does kind of lean more toward I'm going this direction versus that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to talk about some of the major functionality areas of Mosaic, what, what what are what are your what's your overall offering?
1: Yeah, the core offering is is kind of two parts, right? You have the the mobile app piece, the front end. So there, we uh, your customers or the car wash operators customers can can download the app, Android, iOS. They can buy individual car washes on the on the app they can buy or sign up for a membership if that's something the operator wants to offer as well there's the loyalty program built in and then they can manage their profile and change their credit card information and all that kind of basic profile stuff and then on the back end is the operators panel and i would say that's where there's really a lot of power so the operator can manage all their site information they can change uh, their open and close all the pricing the packages any information and it's all live within the app. So everything they change on the back end immediately updates in the, the platform. Mm-hmm. Let's say they acquire five, 10, 15 new locations or they open two or three more. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You can just sit behind the screen at your computer, log in and you can add those locations, the information and link it up and essentially you're selling car washes. So we tried to, there's a lot of time and energy spent in, in getting to that point, but we tried to make it simple, but very powerful at the same time.
0: Okay. So when, when a customer downloads that app, what specifically are they? They're obviously they're entering in their information. They're entering in their credit card data, uh, any, any anything else?
1: Nope. We, we try to keep that to a minimum. Okay. We can customize fields. So if people need to to gather some more information, that's something that we do. However, we found that, uh, when you start to ask too many questions, people get a bit cautious. Uh, so what we actually do is even when they sign up, we give them, give them the ability to bypass entering any of their credit card information. If they just want to go on and explore the app, if they want to look at the the locations, the pricing, if they want to see what's out there, um, we want them to be able to do that freely without feeling the pressure of adding their credit card information. Now, the second they decide to make a purchase, that's when we would redirect them back to that screen and then they can enter that information.
0: Okay. Okay. So once they have got that in, then describe the process when the customer comes on to valet car washes and buys a wash
1: yeah so that's one of the interesting things I mean there's we had to create so many different uh, user experience scenarios when you consider uh, the car wash business and how many different like there's not one car wash that has the exact same customer experience right some places you buy a ticket and get a code some places someone stands there and pushes a button and activates the car wash for you and there's tons of things happening in between that, different options and different wrinkles that different operators offer. Uh, offer. So we came up with three or four different scenarios, but the, the main scenario is we can integrate with the pay terminal directly. And in that case, we pull a code directly from the system and we display that code uh, to the customer when they're on site and when they request it, they would enter the code at the pay terminal and the door opens. Okay. Yep, in other scenarios, uh, we actually have a small piece of hardware that we install Um, and we can activate the car wash using that small piece of hardware. And now that's happening um, behind the scenes. So all we do is we just mount a little QR code on the pay station. When the person drives up, they hit the wash my car button and they can even keep their windows up. They just scan that QR code and it activates the car wash and they, they go through and get it clean. And then when there's an actual physical person at the pay terminal or a person at the entrance of the wash, it's the same basic principle of just scanning a QR code. And it's super easy. It just validates the purchase to the person activating the car wash. It shows them which wash package they bought. Um, and then that person would activate the car wash and off they go.
0: Okay, okay. So really making it frictionless for that customer. Yes. Execute a car wash.
1: And uh, to be honest, this is where we're spending so much time and in innovation. Like I'm, I'm happy with where we're at as a company with that, but I think we could take it to a totally different level. And that's where we're really spending a lot of time and energy now is how do we make it where someone doesn't touch their phone, they drive on site. We know they're on site. They get their car washed and they leave and the payment's already been looked after. Everything's been organized for them. And it's a really nice seamless experience. And, and that's what I'm really looking forward to is creating that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, no, no doubt. And also if, if you were to have that technology, there's been a lot of talk in the industry about pay stations and will pay stations be around in the future or not and you know, my, my thought is there's a lot of money and energy put into pay stations. And I, I think Canada is probably a lot more advanced when it comes to uh, payment systems and cash lists than probably the U S is. Is that a fair, fair assumption?
1: Well, I think we're behind in a lot of respects since uh, like the market in Canada is much different where you have, it's basically dominated by petroleum. So a huge portion is a, is car wash attached to to gas and in those situations um, it's very rare to see one of those customers accept payment at the actual terminal typically they would ask you to pay at the pump or inside the store so the customer in general is not used to paying like they're they're used to already having all that figured out when they drive up they're just entering a code or scanning something and off they go and in the private business for sure you have uh, they accept payment at the entrance but they're a very small and fragmented piece. Now in the US, obviously, it's a totally different story um, with the express exterior and all these chains. So I think people are much more advanced on the the pay terminal side in that respect, in terms of the actual payment technology and uh, tap chip and all that thing. And then typically legislation pushes us a little bit further ahead than you guys. Yeah. So you're right.
0: Okay. Yeah. You guys, I mean, even your money's printed a lot better and differently than ours
1: some say monopoly money but yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it works it works pretty well so good so you know when we talk about pay stations what are your thoughts on pay stations do you think do you think those will eventually get replaced and the smartphone will be the the console of choice
1: i mean it's an interesting thing that i i i spend some time thinking about and it's it's funny because in my mind the technology exists today for them to go away completely. Um, it's not a matter of like, can it happen? It's just a matter of what customers are comfortable with. And that's where I think, I don't see pay terminals going anywhere is there's such a level of comfort for the, the people engaging with the car wash. I think not everyone carries a mobile phone around. Um, not everyone is ready for that kind of advancement in technology. So I do think that they play a, a key part. I'll be interested to see what that looks like in 10 to 15 years, because I think things are changing so dramatically that um that the story could be quite different then but in the interim i I mean it's possible that they could be simplified and streamlined and a lot of the unnecessary kind of bells and whistles that you see sometimes put in there could be stripped out a bit um, because the power of the phone is, is so strong now and all the features that are existing there essentially um are even more powerful than than the pay terminal themselves so I think there's going to be some shifts, but I don't see it uh, making the model obsolete.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I that I, you know, as a car wash owner and operator, ex-owner, I'd love not to have pay stations. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they're still going to be around for a while. Um,
1: it, it was a it was a point of feedback that we got as we were doing our market research. Like there was definitely, it was it was a bone of contention. It was a point of frustration for. Quite a few operators was how how do I improve this? They saw that as a bottleneck um, in many cases, high cost, potential to break down and and really sh- um, impact their revenues, and so it was an area that we looked at is how could we partner with those people to make a better experience for everyone.
0: Right. Yeah. No doubt. So you you talked to a lot of car wash operators that are looking for new technologies and trying to improve their. Their business. What well, what are some of the main objections you're hearing from them about systems?
1: Yeah, I think the number one thing that I hear regularly, and I'd be interested to get your uh, your feedback on it as well, is um, the abuse. So specifically, when they're talking, thinking about implementing a membership program, how how do I get control of this? How do I avoid the risk of you know people coming every day or you know really abusing this system and uh and it's just interesting that especially for the operators that haven't implemented it yet they really don't know what the usage is going to be look, uh, look like
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: so there's definitely some hesitation there but they also feel like okay if i if i let someone use their phone and i no longer link it to their vehicle let's say with rfid or let's say i'm using lpr i'm thinking about about lpr and i'm not going to be capturing a license plate is the risk not significantly higher for abuse and uh
0: yeah that's 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 interesting i hadn't thought about that but yeah yeah um you know it is i think you've got a couple different technologies together i think you do have you know it would make better sense to have some sort of license plate recognition system to validate the car that they're in that's being washed i think um, that would certainly be helpful. And and there's some existing point of sale systems that do a pretty decent job of that, you know, where, you know, when, when, when you come up, you can match the car, you can see the car that got signed up the first time versus the car that they're looking at today. And hopefully they're, they're the same. And there's a little bit of, you know, there, there's some things they do to kind of, have the customer check to say is this the car and you go yes or no and yep. there's a little bit of bit, bit of guilt there if it's if it's not um but that yeah that that, that that's interesting you know that d- does it give more of a more of a opportunity for people to commit you know to be switching cars around quite a bit so i think it's probably got to be coupled with with other technologies like license plate recognition and even license plate recognition has got to be coupled with with ai technology and neural network technology so that you can identify the car. So identifying the make model and year of a car in conjunction with a license plate, you know, dramatically increases the, the, uh, you know,
1: the, the,
0: hit, the hit rate. Cause I think the hit rate is between 92 and 95% right now. Right. And that's, that's good, but it's really not good enough. I mean, you need to be in the high nineties if you're going to make a system like that work. So.
1: Yeah, I yeah, mean so you- sorry, I was just gonna say the uh what we ended up doing uh just I mean we put a couple a couple things in place there just so that we can keep an eye on what's happening. And and I think with a phone now you can do some kind of interesting things with tracking the device ID. So when you link a device ID to an account, then you get a real sense of okay, who's actually using the phone that's signed in to this user's account. And what we do is we put in the terms and conditions. Um, some well, we basically put some clauses that help protect the operator. That if they see that people are abusing the system, they have the right to cancel their membership. But it also gives them full visibility as to the behavior of the clients. So, like when they're downloading, when they sign up, are they basically giving their login or user information to someone else, and then they're essentially sharing accounts? So by tracking that device ID, and you can do some additional things that actually lock that up much tighter. But that is a, a really good step. We also track their location. We use location services on the phone. So we won't release codes or allow them to engage with the car wash unless they're on the site. So it prevents them from sitting at home and you know requesting a code and then shooting that off to someone. So Got it. yeah. Okay. We we can we've figured out a few things, but you know, we also don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole of creating, you know, 27 different controls to stop people um, when the size of the problem might be something that people are totally willing to deal with without having all these other controls. Cause then it starts to really restrict or create a not so nice experience for the customer. Yeah. And that's something we really want to be, we want to be cognizant of, but uh, yeah, going back to your point on LPR, I think it's a really cool technology. Like there's, there's some great opportunities there. And, uh, and I agree that there can be some synergies between the different platforms to work together. But um, I know for us uh, and, in parts of Canada, it's, it's quite difficult with the snow and slush, as you said, whatever, 10 months of the year. So yeah. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a little bit harder. So you have to work, the systems have to work together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it is pretty much predicated on the honest, honest, you know, you, there, it is on the honor system to some extent and you're relying on the vast majority of your customers, to be honest. And you just got to fit up a few ways to kind of catch the people that are abusing the program. And there will always be people abuse a program, even if they are RFID world, people, oh, abuse of the course. program, and, you know, I've had people like, like expertly take the RFID off the windshield and they've actually created a little holder in on their window so it doesn't really stick to the window, but they've laminated it, they put a little holder in there, you know, and I'm like, come on what do you do it?
1: <laughs> you know, people are unbelievably yeah. resourceful. Yeah, it, yeah. It'll never yeah. surprise me the lengths that some, some people will go to, to do some, some crazy things, but uh, yeah. it definitely happens. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. And, and I had to get to the point as an operator to say, you know, it's only, it's less than 1% of our customer base that tries to jack us around. So, you know, it doesn't matter what technology you have, there's going to be less than 1% of your customers try to You know, try to abuse the system. So, do your best to try to catch it, and you know, do do periodic audits. So, you know, I used to sit outside and watch Mm -hmm. the unlimited customer, and I could see, you know, I'd I'd be inside. Okay, here comes this car. It's a it's a unlimited club member. It's a nineteen and this (laughs) nineteen. That's how old I am. A two thousand fifteen Honda Honda Pilot or whatever that's gray, and I would compare the record in the system with, um, with, if that was in fact the right car. Right. And if it didn't, then I'd, 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 Hey, did you switch cars or whatever? And you know, I'd go out and talk to him a little bit. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I switched cars, you know, and then I'd, I'd look at the RFID sticker and say, it looked like it was monkeyed with or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just did and just have a conversation, but you know, just, I think periodically auditing it kind of helps you, but you don't want to create a whole, you know, a whole m- massive process around you know fraud if it's a very small percentage of what takes place mm-hmm. you know it's it's just like in the unlimited plan if you sit around and worry about the guy that's coming every day and we we had people that were coming every day they were washing their cars every day and if i worried about those guys you know oh, i'm losing all this money you know and not worrying about you know looking at the overall program i would drive myself crazy and so you know it's just, it's kind of interesting that we we kind of focus on those those outliers as opposed to accepting those outliers, come up with some processes to try to manage it. But uh, you know, as you were talking, Matt about you know people sharing codes, i mean, it's it's pretty common in subscription based products like Netflix, for example. I mean, I think they allow you to have up to five sign-ons at the same time. So they know that people are sharing Netflix accounts with their family members or whatever. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty common. So it would be interesting to think if they have the same perception or mindset that it's okay to share car washes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's, there's always that constant tension between offering a great experience and, and, you know, is there an opportunity to create a specific package that is just for sharing and it allows you to have up to two or three members and you encourage that kind of behavior instead of trying to to resist it, like if there's really an interest there, like why not explore it and see if there's something you can create uh, right. a higher wash package that you share between a couple people and and it's sign in through your phone so but I also understand like this is your business and there's there's risk, so you have to be diligent as well. so those two things are I think something you have to keep in mind,
0: yeah, yeah, you have to kind of balance those two things out. well, Matt, this has been fun. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, this, is, yeah. this is really a pleasure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, if you want more information, wearemosaic.ca is a great place to start. And Matt would be more than happy to visit with you. So. Thanks for listening to this episode of the How of Car Washing. We appreciate it. If you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, go out there and give us a comment. Give us, uh, if you like it, give us some stars. Let your friends know about it. We know that there's a lot of people out there that are just learning about podcasting. Some of you are veterans at podcasting, but uh, I'm always surprised there's people out there that don't, uh, don't know about podcasting. So let them know this is out there. It's kind of a resource we do to put out for the industry. And uh, you can go to our website at thehowofcarwashing.com and leave a comment. Let us know if there's other types of episodes you'd like for us to, to produce. So for Matt McCullough and David Begin, thanks so much. And we'll catch you next time on The How of Car Washing. Hey, thank you for listening to this podcast. And we want to thank our sponsors, Mosaic. And if you want more information on their cloud-based platform, and if you want to read real stories on how Mosaic has changed the game for car wash operators in the U.S. and Canada, and if you'd like a quick demonstration of this powerful technology, simply visit wearemosaic.ca.
1: Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.